in these moments. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. An elderly couple were having dinner with another elderly couple. And the women got up from the table and they went into the kitchen leaving the two gentlemen at the table. And one of the gentlemen said to the other, last night I went out to a new restaurant and it was really great. I'd highly recommend it. The other man said, oh, oh, that's good. What was the name of the restaurant? And the first man concentrated very hard and then said to his companion, ah, Ooh, what was the name of that uh, red flower that you give to someone when you love them? His friend said, oh, oh, that would be a carnation. No, 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 no. No, the, the other one. And his friend offered him a suggestion. The poppy? No, no, it wasn't the poppy. Ah, oh, he growls. He says, you know, the one with the thorns. He said, oh, do you mean a rose? He said, yes, that's it. That's it. And then he turns towards the kitchen and he says, Rose, what's the name of that restaurant that we went to the other night? <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's easy to laugh, but uh, remember Groucho Marx's words, anyone can get old All you have to do is live long enough. I'm sure we've all had senior moments. The other day, I went out with a colleague to a restaurant not very far from here, and we were reminiscing, hadn't seen him for a while, taking a trip down memory lane. And both of us (laughs) were having trouble recalling things that normally we would find very easy to remember. And there'll be people in this congregation this morning and others that you know that suffer from memory loss or even dementia. And it becomes a daily challenge and not just a momentary lapse. Now today is Methodist Homes Sunday. It's the Sunday where we think about Methodist Homes for the Aged and after the service there will be a retiring offering to support this very worthwhile work, and I encourage you to give as generously as you can. MHA, MHA, as a charity, provides care and accommodation and support services for more than 16,000 older people throughout Britain. It has a mission, and that mission is to improve the quality of life for older people inspired by Christian concern. And society has changed beyond all recognition from when MHA was first formed in 1943. But the work of the charity is as relevant today as it ever was. We've all heard the news stories more recently of how elderly people have been abused in care homes. On Friday, it was claimed by a family that a woman in Hertfordshire might have 
died and been dead for three days before being discovered in her warden-controlled home. Relatives said that the wardens were supposed to check her every day. She was found by a neighbor who hadn't seen her for a few days. It was then that the alarm was raised. And we don't exactly know what has happened in that case. The circumstances are still being investigated. All we know is that there have been many cases where care for senior citizens has been unacceptable. But there is good practice out there too. There is hope. And I would like to point you to the work of MHA and encourage you to pray for its work, which is underpinned by certain values. First of all, respecting every person as a unique individual. Treating others, especially the most frail and vulnerable, with dignity. To be open and fair in all their dealings. Seeking to improve, to become the best that they can be. And nurturing each person's body, mind and spirit to promote a fulfilled life. Methodist homes are open to all older people in need, irrespective of their beliefs. The homes and schemes are made available to individuals to develop and practice faith as they feel appropriate. One of the special features of MHA and their homes and schemes is that emphasis that's placed on spiritual well-being for older people as well as other things as well. They believe this is a really important part of their work. Each moment for elderly people is still important. And I'm going to come on to that in a moment. I'd like to make three points this morning. First of all is about moments of transformation. We know that our God is a God of eternity. God is always present with us. But there are times when his presence can be far more tangible than others. Those particular moments when God can be experienced in just a fleeting way, but in a way that transforms us in some way. Peter quite rightly picked up in his prayers that last Thursday was Ascension Day, a somewhat neglected Christian festival. And it was when Jesus returned to be with his Father from whence he came, after accomplishing all that he came to do. It was the fulfillment of Jesus' divine mission, and God receives him, and he places his seal on all that his son had done. And Jesus is crowned the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And after that moment, Luke tells us that the disciples worship Jesus and return to Jerusalem with great joy. It was a moment in time when the glory of God breaks through. Like the transfiguration was a moment in time when God's glory breaks through. Like the crucifixion, as hard as it was. Like the resurrection. Like Pentecost. Moments where God's glory breaks through. 
And moments like these were highly significant and transformed people's lives. Now, one of the trouble is today is that we have this habit of equating success with longevity and failure for ventures that last only a short time, even if they've achieved their objectives. Churches, perhaps, are particularly prone to this way of thinking. But we've always done it this way. The view that if something goes on forever, it's got to be good. Or it should be done this way. But within our church and in the Bible in particular, there are moments of brief encounter or intervention or call or a change of direction that happen in a moment and might not be replicated. Moments when people catch a glimpse of what God's doing. That moment of recognition that can be life-changing. Today is the day of prayer For the media, you'd expect me to mention that, and Peter has mentioned it in the prayers. I want to encourage you to pray for all those who are involved in the media, and not just Christians, because the media often deals with those brief encounters that actually have an effect on us to educate us, inform and entertain us as well. That 30-second advert, that short news story, that article in a magazine or a newspaper, that documentary or that comedy skit or well-placed piece of music that can have a powerful effect on us in the moment. And we know that that can be in a positive way or it can be in an abusive, exploitative or disturbing way. And I want to encourage you to pray for people that they may get their judgment right in those things which shape our society so much today in the moment, especially in this digital world with Twitter and Facebook and things that happen very quickly. We need to pray that people who shape media shape it for the good. We get the media we deserve. We should be praying and interacting with it, something I feel passionate about. I don't know if some of you have read uh, Maybe Today, which is one of the books I've written, and I mention in there the film Sliding Doors. I don't know whether you've uh, seen it. It stars Gwyneth Paltrow. And the underlying message is that in an instant, a person's life can be set down one course or another. And after that film, it raised the big what-if question for me. Now, sliding doors is good value for money, really, because you get two films in one. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, But basically, there are parallel storylines. And what happens is Helen, who's a publicist, dashes to catch the tube. And the movie explores what happens in that split-second can send your life in two completely different directions. In one moment, she actually gets on the train and her life goes one course. But in another moment, because of a child who blocks her way, she doesn't get the train and her life takes a completely different direction. Now, someone who commutes regularly and is often dashing for the train, I often think about that. A moment can be 
life-changing. And we need to pray that as Christians, we may be awake to the moment. Not forever looking to the future, but to think about the moment, live for the moment, pray about the moment, that they may be moments of transformation for us, but also for other people. That's the first thing, moments of transformation. The second thing is moments for sharing memories. In our Old Testament reading, it was from Lamentations chapter 3, and the writer was reflecting the despair felt by those who were left in Judah after the destruction of Jerusalem in 586 BC. It was when most of the Jews had been removed to exile. Yet in the midst of his bitterness, the writer is reminding his readers that there is a true source of hope. That hope is found in God's mercy, his unceasing love, and his faithfulness to his promises. Even though things were quite dreadful after the fall of Jerusalem and the ruin of the temple. Even though people felt that God's Their world was falling apart, and maybe God wasn't there. They were reminded in the moment of God's compassion, his faithfulness, and his love. They were encouraged to trust God and to quietly wait for salvation. We heard those words. I'm going to read them from a slightly different translation. The Lord's unfailing love and mercy still continue, fresh as the morning, sure as the sunrise. The Lord is all that I have, so I put my hope in him. So we're reminded that God's activity is new every morning. Sometimes moments can rekindle the memories of faith and experience that can keep us going. And many will have a a testimony of something that they look back to in their life that was a significant moment with God that actually renews them when they're reminded of it. In this service, we are being reminded of people living with dementia, People who often struggle to remember things for very long, but for whom the effect of a moment can last much longer than we think. It's a common mistake for people to think that all parts of the memory stop working when a person suffers from dementia. That's not true. We can think, what's the point of visiting? What's the point of doing anything? Because they won't remember anyway. I used to be involved with a day centre in Debden, and it wasn't run by MHA, but it was run by the church uh, that I was a minister of, Trinity Church. It was a local ecumenical partnership. And each week, volunteers would come and care for the elderly. They used to come into the church, they used to feed them, give them a meal, and they'd do things like sing wartime songs, hymns, we'd have devotions with them, we'd play games that they remembered from their childhood, and there would be much laughter and tears and hugs. But I can remember one helper, Anita, saying on one occasion, it's a bit frustrating that they won't remember what we've done for them next week. But what a lovely time they've had this week 
It was so worth it. And it's true. Because feelings do remain long after the specifics are forgotten. We had a service in this church uh, just on Friday where there was somebody whose memory is going but was caught up in the moment of a hymn, lost in that hymn. The memory came back and there was a moment of transformation for him. One particular work of MHA is to work with music therapists. The skill of the staff and the relatives can actually enable those with dementia to actually discover something that's really important to them through music. And an Australian chaplain once wrote, for those of us who are cognitively intact, time is like a stream of water in which we float with the current. For someone with Alzheimer's, time is frozen into individual snowflakes which touch the skin and melt. I love that picture. Just think about a real snowflake, those snowflake moments that you've had. The memory of the touch and the drip of the water can still raise a smile. The person with dementia may not necessarily remember all the details of the encounters, but they may misremember names and relationships. But the emotional memory remains. And that momentary encounter carries the promise of value and the reassurance of their worth. Dame Cicely Saunders the founder of the modern hospice movement, once said of those in her care, you matter because you are. You matter to the last moment of your life. I pray that we may think again about people who suffer from dementia and remember what you can offer to them in a moment as you share their memory, even though it's a memory that you've repeated many, many times, you may be leaving them with something which is an emotional touch on their life from God. That you can be Jesus to them. It's tough. And we need to pray for their families that they may have patience and imagination. But we can be a blessing to even those we struggle to understand the Lord's unfailing love and mercy still continue, fresh as the morning, sure as the sunrise. And the final point is this. It's not just about what we can do for older people. It's what older people can do for younger people too. Moments for influencing the future. In our gospel lesson, the hour has come and Jesus wouldn't be with the disciples much longer. It was the night before he died. He was going to be leaving with them. And following a long conversation with his followers, encouraging them to face what was before them all and reassuring them with his presence, he then turns to his father in prayer. And his prayer was a critical moment for Jesus. But it was an also a moment for moving on. 
He prays for himself, then he prays for his disciples, and then he prays for all believers. He prays for others. He prays for their protection. He prays that they may be one. And it's humbling to reflect that as he faced the agony of death, Jesus was praying for you and he was praying for me. Not for his physical body, but for the body of Christ. Now, I think there are many similarities here to other parts of the Bible, like Jacob's final blessing uh, um, for the later tribes of Israel in Genesis 49. There are lots of occasions where the mantle is carried on. But I want to encourage those of you who are older to pray for succeeding generations, to pray that you might have an influence on their lives before you leave this earth and go to be with your father. Apparently in his later life, a former bishop of Lincoln found himself having difficulty rising from a park bench where he'd stopped to take the weight off his feet. And after struggling ineffectively, he was delighted with a little girl that came and offered him a hand. Oh, that's very kind of you, my dear, he said. But you are, are you really strong enough to lift me up? Oh, yes, the child retorted. I've often helped my daddy when he was much drunker than you. (laughs) Now, I, I like to think that the bishop would have used that moment. What a wonderful moment. But there's something deeper there, isn't there? A father who was drunk all of the time. You could just laugh at what was said, but not in the moment see that there was something more. Perhaps a word of encouragement, a word of affirmation. Are you okay? Older people have a gift which some people don't have, and that is time. Time to listen. Time to pray for future generations. With age comes wisdom, experience. There are times when younger people need that. They need the solidness of your presence. And it's interesting, isn't it? Before Jesus uh, ascended, Matthew's gospel has Jesus instructing his disciples. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the end of the age. Those of you who are older, take time to teach young people gently. Pray for them. Influence them. Make use of your moments. For one day when you're with our Father, you'll be praying with him for those you leave behind. Moments of transformation Moments of sharing, moments for influencing the future. I pray each one of us will live for the moment. Amen.